the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, eight minutes after 11 o'clock on this Wednesday. It is the fourth morning of the 10th month in the year of our Lord 2023. Breaking news this morning, after yesterday's ouster of Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a lot of eyes turned to Jim Jordan. Even though Jim Jordan voted against um, removing Kevin McCarthy as Speaker, many want to draft him to be the next Speaker. They tried to do that in January, when uh, Kevin McCarthy needed 15 votes to actually win the gavel and had to accept some extraordinary terms, such as just one member, one member of Congress making a motion to vacate uh, would lead to a vote. And that's exactly what happened yesterday with Matt Gates. Jim Jordan opposed that, and he opposed in January anybody who nominated him to be Speaker. He wanted to serve as chairman of the judiciary, wanted to serve on oversight, wanted to lead investigations rather than hold the gavel. Well, this time, they're coming at him again and saying, Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan. This morning, I asked him. He said, hey, that's up to the conference. They have to decide what they want to do. I followed up with this. Let's suppose the conference does get together and makes that decision as you just described and comes together, yeah. and hypothetically they say the person we need to lead us now is Jim Jordan. Would you accept that leadership? Um, again, yeah, if the conference, if the conference decides, that's, that's, that's their decision, but... Yeah, if the conference decides. So that's a confirmation. I'm taking that as a confirmation that he will accept the nomination, he will solicit and seek votes, and does want to be Speaker of the House of Representatives. It's a huge story. It's a big deal. And joining us now with more reaction to what happened on Capitol Hill yesterday is freshman Congressman Max Miller, Ohio 7. Congressman, good to have you back. How are you, sir? Hey, Bob. Uh, I'm doing okay. Good news. And I like you hearing about the potential of a Speaker Jordan uh, as we go through that. But I got to tell you, Bob, uh, and excuse my French, I'm pissed off uh, at what just happened yesterday and would love to go over every aspect of it so our constituents in the 7th and the state of Ohio can see how eight members of our party 
teamed up with over 200 Democrats to overthrow a Republican speaker, while more than 95 percent of our conference, including Jim Jordan uh, and everyone in the delegation in Ohio, standing behind Speaker McCarthy. This is no more than a personal vendetta, and I would love to dive into all of this with you this morning. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I want to ask you all of those things. You know, you use the word vendetta. I agree with that. It is very, very clear that there's something personal that Kevin McCarthy um, raises in in Matt Gates. I don't know what it is, but it boils over. Matt Gates was his uh, most staunch critic in in January. Uh, he has trashed him at every turn, and he obviously seized on the opportunity here uh, to remove him as speaker. I don't know what it is. It cannot just be disagreement on one policy or another. One spending bill or another, the continuing resolution. It cannot be to hear the vitriol that comes from him. So what do you suppose, if you know it all, is the reason for this personal animosity and this vendetta that Gates had for McCarthy? What I think it is, and I I want to make this very clear to everyone who's listening, Bob, this goes back a number of years that when Mr. Gates came into Congress, had his own personal issues, with Mr. McCarthy out of California and people on the Hill up here, that goes back several years. I actually think this is personal when it comes to Mr. Gates' ethics complaint that he has residing in the House of Representatives that he wants to go away. And there's been a lot of rumors and rumblings around the Hill, and I think that this is personal. And I want to further add something else, Bob. You know, Matt gets up there and he talks about Ukraine funding. I want to make something extremely clear to everyone who's listening. That 30-day CR that we just voted on, tied to H.R. 2, that 21 Republicans sunk, would have secured our southern border, would have been sitting in the Senate right now, and we finally would have the Democrats where we want them. But you know what happened? 21 Republicans sided with Democrats to shoot it down a 30-day stopgap measure that would have secured our southern border. And do you know who led that charge, Bob? It was Matt Gates. And do you want to know where we are right now? This individual continues to talk about Ukraine funding. Let's talk about Ukraine funding. I've been here up on the Hill. I haven't seen Ukraine funding in the 30-day CR that was put up, and I didn't see Ukraine funding in the 45-day CR that was put up, and we beat the Senate to that measure so Ukraine funding wouldn't be added. So there are accomplishments that we're doing in the House, but because of Mr. Gates's actions, we were pushed to a 45-day clean CR, and guess what he did just now? He introduces a motion to vacate, eating up the 45 days we have left to do our jobs in the appropriation process so the American people can see how we're spending their taxpayer dollars, and we're going to end up with too many buses because of Matt Gates. That is exactly what is going to happen because he is eating up time because he is running for the governor of Florida and does not care about anybody but himself, and that is why you saw 98% of the Republican conference stand behind Speaker McCarthy. It's time to govern. It's not time to play games. And what he is doing, it really is a travesty to the Republican Party, and it will hurt all of us for the majority, for the Senate, and for the presidency because of his actions. Yeah, I tend to agree with just about everything you said. I was very aware of the ethics complaints and the... um... Uh, the suggestions made by many that he was livid that McCarthy didn't do more to end those investigations. Um, but the question is, is there's seven others. There were eight Republicans. And as you say, it's a very small number. It's 4%. 96% voted to support, or at least to keep, even if they don't support everything McCarthy has done, they voted to keep him in as Speaker. But there were eight total Republicans who sided with the Democrats. What do you think their motivations were outside of Gates's personal ones? So I know Gates has personal vendetta, and I know that we can talk about some of our other colleagues when it comes to, say, Eli Crane out of Arizona or Andy Biggs out of Arizona. 
those individuals, when they first came in here, and let's rewind the clock back to January, they were always a hard no on Kevin. Those two individuals were not going to change. I know both of them very well, and they're great colleagues. They're good people, right? But they made a commitment to their constituents that said they would never vote for Kevin McCarthy. So as soon as they said that to their constituents, they come to Congress and they fulfill their promise, as we all try to do when we run and try to get here to be a legislator. So those two individuals aren't going to change their minds. I just think at the end of the day, we've come to an impasse to where we've led the smallest part of our party upend government to not do work for the American people. Right now, Bob, we can't work on the southern border. We can't work on the appropriations process. We can't work on supply chain issues or on how to keep this country running because Matt Gates effectively shut down Congress without a plan. There was no plan, you know? And the, and the, the last thing I'll say, because I know I'm going on, and I, and I want to dive into this deeper, I love President Donald John Trump for two reasons. One, because of his policies, and two, because of his vision, and three, sorry, three, because he's a disruptor. But he always had a vision, and he always had a game plan in place. What you saw from Matt Gates yesterday wasn't a plan. It wasn't a vision. That's not MAGA. Conservatism isn't upending the entire government because you have a personal vendetta with the speaker. Um, you know, conservatism is a secure southern border. Matt Gates likes to be close to Donald Trump because that's the closest to power that he will ever get, and he's abusing it just like the Democrats do. He's no better than they are, remember. He's one of eight Republicans that just voted with the entire minority of the Democrat Party. That's the light that he needs to be cast and painted in, and people need to see what he's doing up here. Um, and we don't have an answer right now. We don't have a person who can get to 218, and I'm still in, up here in Washington, D.C., trying to sort that out. So Congressman Max Miller... Where are we as a party, not just in D.C. and not just in the uh, in the House? Where are we as a, as a party and a conservative movement in the country? And the reason I ask is because you, Jim Jordan, uh, everybody else that voted to keep Kevin McCarthy in as speaker, you're now a rhino in the eyes of so many conservatives, including massive numbers of Trump supporters. You are one of President Trump's strongest supporters. You worked with him. You worked for him and with him for six years. Um, and, and, and very few people in Congress are as supportive of him as you, but yet his supporters are calling you a rhino. Charlie Kirk, what? one of the most conservative voices in America today, was uh, also supporting keeping Kevin McCarthy in yesterday on his program. And I'm told he received threats. He read some of them on the air uh, because how dare he do such things. Um, we have Hold on, Congressman Miller. I'm told we actually have that real quick. Go ahead, Seth. Yeah. This one right here. Charlie, I hope you have good security considering the stances you're taking. I'd hate to see you in the streets. Like, now we're just getting to threats. It's really amazing. That's that's a remarkable thing. So where are we when we're turning on each other, conservatives turning on other conservatives, um, all because of, in my view, I think what you said is true, a vendetta by Matt Gates, and he decided to, to, to throw a temper tantrum and play stompy foot and get rid of the guy that he hated, no matter what it does to the party or the country. But, you know, Bob, this is where I get confused. So as you had just said, I had been with President Trump for the last you know, six years of my career before we entered in, in, into Congress and to be honored in this capacity. I talked to President Trump three times yesterday and can, and can provide the call records. I promise you, I talk, and this isn't uh, you know, a, a measuring contest here, but I understand that Matt makes it seem as if he's, got, he's best friends with President Trump. I worked with that guy every single day for six years, and what I can tell you when I talked to him three times yesterday on the phone, do you know what he told me? He said, continue to support McCarthy. That's what he told me on the phone. And every time Mr. Gates gets asked about his conversations with President Trump, he always paints them in broad strokes, and he does it on purpose because it allows the media 
to give him what he wants. And that's to paint a scary narrative to show that he's willing to upend the Republican Party. What I can tell you from talking to President Trump again three times yesterday throughout this process is that he isn't in love with Speaker McCarthy, but he knew that Speaker McCarthy was the only one that collectively could continue to move this body forward. And now here we are. So I have a lot of questions, and there's a lot of misinformation that Mr. Gates continues to put out on a daily basis. And the last thing, too, going back, you know, Bob, if McCarthy made a secret deal with the Democrats or President Biden on Ukraine, then how come not a single one of them voted to keep him as speaker yesterday? If there was some deal that was made, how come the Democrats didn't have Speaker McCarthy's back? Because Speaker McCarthy never made a deal, Bob. Matt is continuing to lie to the American people because this is all about him. And I want to make that abundantly clear. Yeah, I think you have, and I concur with everything that you just described and everything that the evidence kind of shows us by way of observation. So being that he does not have a plan moving forward, he didn't have a person in mind to replace him, he doesn't want it himself, and I think that's very, very dangerous. Um, where do we go now? Now that the damage has been done, now that the speakership has been vacated, I mentioned Jim Jordan, and by the way, I just saw came across my screen, Jim Jordan has officially announced now, in addition to what he said to me on the air, <clears throat> that he is a, a candidate for House Speaker. Um who do you like? What do you want to see happen here? Steve Scalise is already making maneuvers last night, I'm told. A lot of people like Steve Scalise. You know, Jim Jordan, as conservative as can be, founded the Freedom Caucus, but will he be able to bring moderates to his side in this particular uh, fight for the speakership? Do you have any idea where you want to see this go? You know, I, I, I'm, I will answer your question directly. I'm just in a bit of whiplash from being in conference last night and hearing the speaker say he wasn't going to run and no one saw that coming because we went through 15 rounds prior and we thought we were going to see more fight. Um, where do I see this going? I see that, as you just said, Jordan throws his name in the ring. We see Scalise. Uh, look, I- I'm a big fan of Jim. If Jim's going to throw his hat in the ring, then you know I'm going to lean uh, in that direction. But at this point, we've got to let this settle out just a bit here. Uh, and see how the field is going to go ahead and rise. I mean, we've got a lot of things we've got to go over. And I can tell you one thing, that you know, a lot of us who are principled do have some ass, and we want the conference rules changed. And so I need to have further conversations with everyone running for speaker to see how we can effectively run this conference to actually do work for the American people, and so we don't have a disruptor and someone disturbed like Gates upending Congress so we can't get work done for the American people. So I'm taking a little bit of a different tact on this time of where we are in Congress, I've been here for about 10 months. We've gotten our feet wet a little bit. We're going to have some ass uh, and see how this place is going to be run in regular and proper order. And I believe out of the candidates that you mentioned, Jim would do the very best job out of every single one. Um, and I've yet to talk to him today, uh, but I believe if he's making the rounds, I look forward to that phone call. When you said you would uh, be interested in having the rules changed, which can you give me an example of a rule or two that you're talking about? Absolutely. So, I fundamentally believe that the motion to vacate needs to go back up to a majority of a majority. Matt Gates was the only individual pushing for this rule to bring the motion to vacate down to one so he would vote for McCarthy, knowing, knowing that he would introduce this at some point in the 118th Congress. We all knew that that was a part of his plan. The Speaker shouldn't have gave it up. He did. That's on him. That's why we are where we are today. But that needs to go back up to a proper majority because, like you said and like I said, only eight people from the Republican conference ousted a Republican speaker while 96% of us stood behind it. Ronald Reagan always said, if you're my friend 85% of my time, you're my best friend or something along those lines. Getting 96% of the Republican conference behind you and still getting ousted, 
I'm pretty sure you win almost every election possible, except in this place, the magic number is 218. So it, it, it's a tragedy. But I believe that there is a way ahead. There is a way forward. But I just wish we were going to stay in Congress this week to elect a speaker. I don't want to go home. I want to continue to work. We just passed a 45-day CR. We need to be electing a speaker now. We shouldn't be wasting any more darn time. And we need to move on with regular order and get this place back where it needs to be so we can keep the majority, win the Senate, and get Trump back in office in 24. That's uh, <clears throat> that's quite an agenda. We're talking with Congressman Max Miller, Ohio 7, with the uh, reaction to yesterday's news that Kevin McCarthy is out, and we're looking for a new speaker now. Uh, Steve Scalise is a guy that, of course, has already been in leadership, and a lot of people feel like he might be the the guy to consolidate around because he does appeal to moderates, but he also appeals in certain ways to the more conservative uh, uh, part of the conference. Um, any thoughts on Steve Scalise? Would you be would you be accepting of him if um, if that's the uh, the choice of the majority? If that's the choice of the majority, yes. Uh, I mean, look, I would accept Steve if that was the will of the conference. I think he would also do a phenomenal job, but. I mean, popular or unpopular, I would like to see a shakeup of all of leadership. Um, and I know that's probably going to get me in a little bit of trouble when you and I get off this phone and I walk through the halls of Congress. Um, but I would like to see everyone in leadership go away. And I think we need fresh faces across the board. I really do. We need to turn this conference. We need to look in a new direction. We tried it with the ones that we have in place. It didn't work out. I believe we need to seek out other people within the Republican conference, new fresh faces, they're going to be able to take our America first agenda and continue to ram it down the Democrats throats and take no prisoners from the from the Biden administration. Because make no mistake, the biggest ally the, the Biden administration has right now in the Democrats is Matt Gates and the gang eight. So we need to get those guys in check and then run the Republican majority that 96 of us percent of us support and to continue to operate in that in that manner and, and do the responsible thing, Bob. And that's called governing. And that's hard to do sometimes. But that's why people like me run for this job and want the responsibility. This uh, last question might sound critical. It's not intended to be, but I try to anticipate responses to statements when the statements are still being made. And I can already tell the response that you're going to get from some people is, wait a second, you voted to keep McCarthy yesterday. Today you're saying get rid of all leadership. He was leadership. He was the leader. Now you want fresh faces. Which side are you really on here? That's what they're going to say. What are you going to say to that? Oh, absolutely, and I'm happy to answer that. Look, Kevin did do a great job. I'm not backing away from my statements about how Speaker McCarthy has operated this conference. We've got more conservative wins here, and I know a lot of us don't want to talk about it, but we accomplished more in 10 months and passed more conservative legislation out of the House than the first two years of the Trump presidency. And so we've been doing a very effective job on that. It's not our fault Chuck Schumer doesn't want to do his job and take up 70% of the appropriations process and discretionary spending and actually put it on the Senate floor to do his damn job. That's the problem. Uh, I mean, but right now with where we are, I mean, yeah, look, it didn't work out with Kevin. We need new faces. I don't think that, you know, propping leadership up one by one like the Democrats do is the way that we run things in the Republican Party. We, we pick people based off of mental acuity and how well can you do the damn job. That's what I care about. And you know what? Right now, from what I see, Leadership didn't do its damn job. We didn't coalesce around it. We were unsuccessful. We let Matt Gates and a small group of eight push us out. And I believe we do need new fresh faces. So I don't believe I'm contradicting myself. I just believe we're in newfound territory of where we need a new direction on how to look forward to repair the damage that Mr. Gates has done to the conference. 
Yeah, I worry about the damage that can be done to the entire party, um, you know, in in the upcoming elections and in 2024, because it makes this. I'll tell you what, we just handed the Democrats so much ammunition to say, how can they lead the country? They can't even lead their own party. For the first time in American history, the sitting speaker in the middle of a Congress has been ousted. Now they're fighting amongst themselves. They can't agree on anything. This is going to take moderates who are just undecided as to whether or not they want to support Republicans or Democrats for leadership of this government and push them over to the Democrat side because they will make hay with all of this. Well, and Bob, can I, can I just say one more thing to jump in somewhat yeah. off on a tangent here? Sure. So, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but there's something that can happen in the House of Representatives called a unity speaker or a coalition government. And right now, the Democrats are a lot closer to actually achieving their goal, thanks to the Gang of Aid, in achieving a coalition government. That would mean that if we did have a coalition government, that every impeachment inquiry on ways and means oversight judiciary would go away. The main impeachment inquiry on President Biden would go away. And then you would see more spending come out of the House of Representatives by technically the Republicans in majority with a shared speaker than ever before in our country's history. No one's even talking about that, about the position that Mr. Gates put us in to temporarily have a coalition government. And the worst part about it is that President Biden, when he runs for reelection can actually get away with saying that he unified the American people and unified Congress because that's what he ran on in his last election. But the sad thing is he can actually say he did that because of one of our own guys gave him that gift. That's the heartbreaking thing here. It's just so upsetting. Congressman Max Miller, I appreciate you being so uh, honest and forthright about your opinions on this uh, and transparent about your intentions going forward as well. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I hope to talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you. Thank you. That's Max Miller with his reaction to yesterday's uh, ouster of Kevin McCarthy. Uh, I want yours. I've got one more segment to go. We'll squeeze in a few phone calls if you make them now at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Which side of this are you on? We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.